What are we talking about? I don't know. You want me to spill tea that I'm kind you of You need to spilling. spill the tea. Well, here's the thing. I don't really know how I feel about the tea. So, so don't, I don't want to You don't like have to say your opinion. Me. You just got to say what happened. Well, there is a person and I don't know where the TikTok is or I would say the person's name. A lot of our uh, podcasts start with TikTok. You can I see know, we both have a problem. always me too. I need to get off. But I lost the podcast or not the podcast. I lost the TikTok <laughs> and I thought I saved it. I did not. So I don't know the person's name. Okay. But they were um, a family member of theirs was a victim in a story mm-hmm. that was covered by a pretty big podcast. Okay. And basically they were saying that like it re-victimized them. Like that's the storytelling. Mm-hmm. And the comments were like really upset about like true crime podcasts, like being kind of that that. line between true crime and comedy. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I was like, Oh man, like I really want to make sure that like, yeah, we're not crossing any lines, but I also feel like we try not to do that in our story unless there's something crazy that happens. That's like funny. Yeah. Never Never about like victims and, um, like, I mean, it's one of those things that's hard because it's all public knowledge. So stories of people. Yeah. And if people are like, uh, like, obviously it's horrible if anybody were to like do that to those victims or their families. But at the same time, like podcasts are a form of entertainment. And so it's like you're, you are entertaining people with how you're saying it. So obviously, yes, there's a line that you don't cross, but you then you can't then it's almost as if you were like oh well then you can't have true crime podcasts or true crime shows yeah, or true crime things at it all it felt a little bit um i think sometimes people just get mad about any little detail mad to just get mad yeah and i totally like the person who made the video who's lost a family member i absolutely see their perspective and like i would never want to be like yeah do something like that and so i felt so much for that person and i was like oh we really need to like be careful about Mm -hmm. that but some of the comments were just like far picking apart these people saying that they like have like they need to keep their opinions themselves and it's like this is a people are going to listen to them and they're allowed to state their opinions about things you can disagree with their opinions yeah but it's just i mean tiktok comments are very harsh and it it just goes back to like people are behind screens they don't feel like they have any accountability for what they write and so like some things that you see on there is so like ridiculous yeah it just felt a little bit it's a it's a very complex situation and it felt very simplified and just like if you engage in true crime, you're wrong. Oh, and it's gosh. like, that's such a broad stroke to yeah. paint over. So anyway. But it's a good reminder. Yeah. It's a great reminder to just be aware when you're talking about these things, it's people's lives. Yeah. It is very sad situations a lot of the time. And there's, we try very hard to be sensitive to that. Um, but there's also going to be just, you know, tangents and conversations that happen and, and discussions and, you know, things that you think about of, oh, I kind of see it from this perspective. And that's not saying we never claim to be experts or be right. Like we can say something that's, you know, totally wrong, but it's just perspective. And exactly. I don't know. I just feel like sometimes people, uh, 
listen as if you're supposed to have all the answers and be perfect mm-hmm. and uh, i don't know it's not I'm, gonna happen not and when you have that. that like when you're on like like a spotlight like that it's so hard to not make someone mad or make someone like upset at you like not yeah. no one not everybody's gonna like you yeah but so yeah that was just the interesting thing because i i thought about it from the perspective of i think that true crime and comedy can go hand in hand if you are putting the comedy around the situation and like little things that happen but not about the victims or like this the mm-hmm. really hard things that happen like yeah if you acknowledge that that's hard and not make light of it but it doesn't mean that everything has to be somber yeah i agree you no know. yeah for sure um i watched a movie this past week i just just remember this actually jan just reminded me of this oh, okay um that i was going to talk about and then i totally forgot but i don't know if you watched it but i feel like you'd really like it it's called the three billboards outside oh i know all about the case i never watched the movie the but movie's heard- really good um trigger warning like there are yeah. it's southern so there are a lot of like old well they're trying to be true to probably yes. what the situation was exactly yeah. yeah so there's a lot of that but in general it's a really good movie i don't want to spoil anything but yeah i heard really it was movie. really really good and um, it's very true crimey in the sense, and i so. think i could be wrong but i think they worked closely with um like people around the case to get their input too like it wasn't just them telling i'm trying to be careful too oh, to not like spoil i get anything. you i get you them oh that's cool telling a story but i think they had people weigh in like to kind of say like you know yeah this is yeah. accurate to what happened obviously there's some yeah it's a movie you know. that's really cool i didn't know that yeah hmm. cool well are you ready to well we don't flip a coin anymore the, coin is- the coin's somewhere there last time i started so let's see Wait, who's called? I called it last time. You call it. Okay. Heads. What? That was a perfect flip. Yeah. Heads. Oh <laughs> How did you thing. flip it like that? Oh, my this. God. I could not flip a going like that. I would take my own eye out, probably. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that would not be good. So, I did what you normally do, and I forgot to title this. And I was trying <laughs> to think. I Oh, I actually have a title for mine this week. Uh, I only have a title if it comes to me like very naturally. I never, I just don't force it. Yes. And I feel like I would be forcing it. Um, so I'm, I'm just going to, I'm just going to not title this one, but I got a basically copy and paste from true crime times blog. Okay. Uh, had really good sources. Um, and it's an article by Julie Fiddler. Okay. So I thought it was really good. But my story is about Bryce Laspisa. Never heard of him. Um, His story got kind of big. A couple podcasts covered it, but I I just find it really interesting. And I also, I don't mind calling attention to it, and you'll see why. But he was born. Think of uh, the guy, Bryce, from 13 Reasons Why. (laughs) Yeah. He was born on April 30th, 1994. And his okay. parents were Karen and Michael Laspisa. In 2012, he graduated from Napper, Napperville High School in Napperville, Illinois. Um, which I didn't even know was a place. Yeah, me either. So there's not much information available about his childhood. But, I mean, you can just assume he had like a 
good family. He was the only the only child, and it seemed very loving and supportive. So nothing crazy happened. Okay. Um, that I could find. In 2013, the entire family moved to Laguna Niguel. Laguna. I think is how you say it. In California. The, oh, in the California. Yes. Uh, but Bryce moved to Chico, about 450 miles away, to attend Sierra College, where he was about to start his sophomore year. That's in California, too? Yes. Okay. Yep. It's just uh, far, but mm-hmm. it is. From what everyone could tell, life was good for Bryce. He had done well in school the previous year and had a girlfriend who he seemed like he loved and adored. They were happy. Um, her name was Kim Sly. Okay. On August 26th of 2013, there didn't appear to be anything amiss in Bryce's life. He spoke to his mother that day, who reported that he seemed happy and that he, they had a normal conversation. However, friends say Bryce did a good bit of drinking and casual drug use during the weeks before he vanished. So he was kind of getting a little bit more into the party scene. Makes sense um, as you go into college and stuff. Right. He was getting more comfortable with that. Yeah. He, I think he met some people. He had more access to things. Mm-hmm. So it, he just kind of shifted and got a little bit more into that. Okay. Um, so things started to unravel on August 27th. And the events are kind of weird and bizarre, which I'll go into. Um, And more than six years later, no one knows exactly what happened. On this day, Bryce started the new semester and his girlfriend. The day that everything started going weird? Yeah. So he started his new semester that day. Uh, I'm sorry, the day after. Okay. So it's the second day in the semester. His girlfriend, who seemed like she was kind of the closest person in his life at that time because mm-hmm. he was kind of away from his family. He did have close friends, but obviously... I mean, that makes sense, yeah. your girlfriend. Um, and she was she knew his habits, his personality, and she noticed a strange shift in his behavior, and she started to become concerned. Okay. It's not clear exactly what Bryce was doing that concerned her, but he admitted to her that he had taken an ADHD pill that was not mm, prescribed to him. So he was kind a of, lot of people do that in. He was kind of experimenting college. with pills, drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, his, well, that'll definitely shit, especially if you're not like used to doing that. ADHD will like wreck your system. Yeah, you got to be really careful what you're putting into your system. I mean, there's a reason why they go through the process yeah. of like getting telling prescribed. You, yes. Yikes. Um, his roommate, Sean Dixon, claimed that Bryce had taken the drug Vivans to help him stay awake to play video games all night. Oh, my god! And that he had also been drinking hard alcohol throughout the day. Oof. So he was just kind of trying things, experimenting. You know, when you're that, like, it sounds so weird now to think about when you're young and you try to see how long you can stay up. Now I love sleep. Uh, I can't imagine Why would you that. do that in college, too? Like, you got to get up for classes. And, ugh. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people do, though. Um, so he was very used to drinking hard liquor. Okay. Um, he had a high tolerance for it, and he he would drink it mostly on the weekends. So okay. he, he would kind of ramp up throughout the week, and then on the weekends, <laughs> like, get into hard liquor. So on this day, his behavior grew even more concerning when he gave away some of his belongings to friends. What the heck? Including a pair of diamond earrings that were a gift from his mother. So he had his ears pierced and he had That's like weird. real diamond earrings yeah. that he gave away. Hmm. Um, by the time August 28th rolled around, which is the next day, mm-hmm. 
Those who knew Bryce had become deeply concerned about his behavior. Sean, his roommate, called his mother, Bryce's mother. Oh, that's kind. Yeah, that's to smart. express his concerns, and there were many. He told Karen that Bryce was acting out of character and that he had broken up with Kim via text oh, the previous no. night, telling her that, quote, she should be better off without him, end quote. Oh, no. Bryce, Sean said, had basically implied that something was bothering him, but never explained what that something was. So he's kind of beating her on the bush, kind of being vague, okay. but something's going on. And I feel like it's hard it's just like sometimes like, with friends, like you don't want to push it. So yeah, you're kind especially of like, with men, like it's yeah, very uncommon for them to be like, I'm feeling really anxious. It's a little bit harder sometimes for men to express themselves. Yes. So, um, yeah, I feel like he was trying to be a good friend, but he didn't want to like pressure him. So he acknowledged that something was going on, but kind of, that's, that's kind of where kind they of, left that's it. A, that's a good friend. Yeah. Yeah. I really feel like there's a lot of people that are kind of trying to help and they just don't really know what to do. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple hours later, Bryce himself called his mom. I don't know if his roommate told him he talked to his mom or how that went down, but he ends up calling his mom. I wonder if he was like common for him to call his mom. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I think they were pretty close. Um, so despite dumping Kim the night before he had driven to her home in Chico about a 90 mile drive. So he calls his mom while he's doing this and he's at his girl, ex-girlfriend technically's house. He insisted that he was okay, but Kim got on the phone and told Karen that Bryce wasn't acting like himself and she didn't think he should be driving. So he has to get home, but she's like, I don't think he's all there. Something's up. Karen offered to visit Bryce the next day on the 29th. He told her that, yes, he wanted to speak with her. So he kept saying there's a trend that will come up where he keeps saying, I need to talk to you about something to his parents, but he never says what it is he needs to talk to him about. So he said he wanted to speak to her, but urged her to not make the drive to meet him. So he's like, don't Hmm. come see me. I need to talk to you, but don't come see me. He didn't specify what he wanted to talk about. Like I said, and after their conversation, Kim got back on the phone with Karen, who told her to give Bryce his keys back, but only if Bryce promised to call her in the morning. So she's like, give him his keys back. He'll call me in the morning. She's not there. So it's a little bit hard to like, yeah, but if, like, if she's telling him that he's kind of like intoxicated or something, it's like, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm I wasn't there. I don't know what happened. Yikes. She's she's basically from the outside saying, OK, I think he's OK. Give him his keys back. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people who that's like the first weird thing. Like they didn't like that. Yeah. But so Bryce left Kim's house around 1130 p.m. At 1 a.m. on August 29th, the phone rang at the Lespisa's house. Karen missed the call and didn't think much of it. She believed her son had driven back to his apartment and was calling her to tell her he made it home safely. Mm -hmm. Later on, phone records would indicate that Bryce made the call when he was in a desolate area about an hour away from his apartment in Rockland. Interesting. Yep. Um, So now we're at August 30th. So <laughs> the article said the life of Bryce went from a simmer to a boil on this oh. day. At around 11 a.m. that morning, Karen and Michael received a voicemail from Bryce informing them that he had used their roadside, roadside assistance plan at 9 a.m. 
after running out of gas in an area west of Bakersfield. What the heck? It was a 350-mile trek. A boy named Christian, who worked for Castro Tire and Gas, delivered three gallons of gas to Bryce as he waited in his car. Bryce charged the $20 worth of fuel to his parents' credit card. Charge records show Bryce was in Button Willow, and due to the town's location and short distance from Chico, Karen and Michael assumed their son was on his way to visit them. Had Bryce stayed on that path, he would have made it home in less than three hours. Oh, which no. Which doesn't end up happening, so it gets weird. Oh, no. And at this point, like, I'm assuming, like, have they tried calling him? Like, yeah, I'm so assuming there's they back do. and forth communication that will happen that I will go into. Oh, okay. But um, it, it just, it gets a little strange. Um, concerned, Karen and Michael both tried to phone their son, but he wouldn't answer any of their calls. Hours later, Bryce had still not arrived, and his parents were now pacing the floor with worry. Dis- uh, they were desperate, and they called Castro Tire and Gas and asked Christian to go back to check on Bryce. So Christian is awesome, and he goes out of his way. Some people would just be like, yeah. it's not my problem. And so I really I, I feel like it should be acknowledged that he mm-hmm. does a really good job handling this. Um, so he left, and he went to go check on Bryce. When he arrived, he found Bryce still sitting in his car in the exact same spot where he left him. What the heck? So he hadn't moved at all. When Christian asked Bryce what he was doing, he simply replied, quote, nothing. Christian informed Karen that Bryce seemed okay, though his eyes were a bit red. Mm. He probably was on on a trip. Yes. I don't know. (laughs) Um, Karen finally spoke with her son around 1230 p.m. that afternoon. The Las Pisas were expecting their son to arrive home around 3 p.m., but once again, the hour came and went with no sign of Bryce. For hmm. the next six hours, Bryce inexplicably ignored his parents' phone calls. Hmm. When Karen and Michael tracked their son's cell phone, they discovered that he had only traveled eight miles over the course of nine hours. What the heck? This is so weird. Yep. Um. It's not known why Bryce didn't answer the phone during this time. So he kind of just ghosted them and Mm -hmm. went rogue. And they don't know what happened. By 9 p.m., the Las Pisas were terrified and frantic. With little else to do, they contacted the California Highway Patrol, who searched for Bryce and found him in his vehicle on Lagoon Drive, still in Buttonwillow. (laughs) The police searched his car for drugs, but found none. The officer spent 20 minutes with Bryce and conducted a field sobriety test, which he passed. What? Bryce, who was 19 years old, was a legal adult. And since he was neither inebriated nor transporting any drugs, the police couldn't do much aside from telling him to call his mom and continue on his journey home. Oh, no. But Bryce was very reluctant to call home. So the police had to physically dial the number for him and made him talk to his mom around 10 p.m. She asked him what he was doing, and he strangely replied that he was going to hang out with friends. I don't know. It's just weird. At 11 p.m., Bryce stopped at a gas station in Buttonwillow and purchased a drink for $1.71. So they were able to look at his spending Records, and see yeah. that. He told his mother he was on the I-5 South, but wouldn't give her any other information. At some point in the night, Bryce reportedly stopped at a Valero gas station and purchased $39 worth of gas. 
During the night, Bryce once again used his parents' roadside assistance, and once again, Bryce was found to be still in Buttonwillow. What is happening? He had been in that area for approximately 13 hours with no explanation. Like, it didn't even seem weird to him. He just was like, I'm not, I'm nothing. Like, he literally, like, seems like he's in an alternate universe, and, mm-hmm. like, it's just... There's some weird the theories. Heck? If you go digging, there's some really crazy theories, but... <laughs> but if he's completely sober, it's like... Mentally, are you okay, dude? I don't know. Um, this time, roadside assistance followed Bryce onto the interstate to make sure he got there safely and was headed in the right direction. Oh, so that's they, cool, though. Like, people are trying. Yeah. Because at this point, there's really no reason. Like, this guy's sober. Like, he's I fine. No, it's just weird. And But there's signs leading up to it that he's not fine. Yeah, but there's nothing so that you can l- pinpoint, like, yes. legally. like A lot of people take issue. I was going to get into this later. A lot of people are mad because they feel like the parents have been informed by his roommate and his girlfriend, hey, he's acting weird. Yeah. And then this stuff happens, and they're like, just come home to us. And they call highway patrol i feel like i would just drive out there yes that is the the biggest thing is they they were told multiple times where he was and they just kind of stayed and so i'm not saying that you know i would know what i would do in that situation but people are mad at the parents for sure according to bryce's gps he should have arrived at laguna at 3 25 a.m at 1.50 a.m. on August 31st, Bryce again called his mother, this time to tell her that he had gotten off the I-5, but he had gotten back on. So he was like, I got off, but I'm back on now. He is not okay. At 2.08 a.m., Karen spoke with her son for the very last time. Oh, no. He called her to tell her he had gotten off the I-5 again and planned to sleep in his car. What the heck? At that point, Bryce had been awake for almost 48 hours. So Karen didn't argue with Bryce's decision to get some sleep. Dude, I wonder if he is just really sleep deprived and and he's gone crazy. Go pick him up. Like, yeah, why are you tired? Yeah. At this point, she—he's not that like unreasonably far, and it doesn't matter. It's your kid. I don't care if they're like ten hours. Like, I'm at least gonna drive toward them exactly. Figure it out. That's especially with some already sus like behavior right yeah like he just seems weird and it, my thing too is they're asking everyone else for help as if they're like in a different country yeah and it's like, like they, right they're there. not re- reachable bryce however didn't pull over first news he continued driving for another 90 oh minutes my to gosh. i don't i didn't i meant to look up how this is pronounced but it's cast castac castock okay lake at 8 a.m on august 31st a california highway patrol officer knocked sorry if you can hear my dog <laughs> knocked on the the spisa's door the news was not good oh no the officer asked karen and michael if they had owned a 2003 beige toyota highlander after confirming that they did own this vehicle the officer informed them that at 5 30 that morning the vehicle had been found abandoned at the lake off an access road to the state recreation area just two hours from the Las Pisas house. Oh my gosh. The vehicle had crashed and was found on its side at the bottom of a 25 foot embankment. What the heck? Adjacent to the lake's main boat access road. So basically it went like down towards yeah. the water, but it didn't go in the water. Okay. The back window of the vehicle had been broken out and the officer said Bryce was nowhere to be found. 
The police assumed he was in the vehicle when it crashed, and he escaped by breaking the window in the back. There was some blood on the passenger headrest and the back seat, but not enough to lead investigators to believe that Bryce was seriously injured. Mm -hmm. So just a little bit. Inside the vehicle was Bryce's laptop, cell phone, and wallet. A duffel bag was found in the back of the vehicle, and it was empty and unzipped, which led investigators to surmise that he had removed something from it when he broke out of the back window and escaped the crash. What? CCTV footage showed that Bryce made three separate trips to where the vehicle was found between the time he left Button Willow and 3 a.m., so he kept going back to this location. One camera caught the Toyota Highlander driving along Lake Hughes Road near the lake um, that he ended up in at 2.15 a.m., just minutes after he last spoke with his mom. The same camera captured him driving up the road once again at 4.29 a.m., so he's just circling. Tire tracks were visible at the top of the embankment, and they led down to the bank towards the lake. Based on the track pattern, law enforcement could tell that Bryce descended toward the embankment at a fairly high rate of speed and made no effort to hit his brakes. The logical conclusion among investigators was that Bryce tried to drive into the lake in an attempt to take his own life. Dude, I'm going to get like freaking brow, frow lines. I know, you're making so many. I'm literally perplexed for the past 10 minutes. Naturally, search parties immediately swarmed the area where Bryce's vehicle was found. The lake was searched by divers for several days with no luck. A search of a nearby of nearby campgrounds yielded no further signs of the missing student. In the midst of the search, Los Angeles County firefighters responded to the area to tackle a brush fire in the area surrounding the lake. Interesting. To everyone's horror, the cause of, of the blaze was determined to be a burning body. Oh my god. The body was not Bryce's. What the heck? The body was determined to be that of 35-year-old LaMondre Dion Miles. The South Los Angeles man's corpse had been riddled with bullets during a fight over his failure to pay a debt before being dumped and set ablaze. So the facts pointed to a deliberate effort on Bryce's part to either harm himself or stage his own death. Karen and Michael Lesbisa, along with investigators, now had to wonder whether or not their son may have stumbled upon something that he wasn't supposed to and became a murder victim of him of his own. So they're like, someone else was murdered here. Maybe he witnessed something and then something bad happened. Oh, gosh. Were you going to ask something? Um, oh, it said that the the guy that the body that they found he he couldn't pay a debt so did they know who killed yeah, him yeah so that's the other thing that i tried to look into they know why he was killed but there's no other real how did information they know how he was killed i think they probably found the person who did it but they don't have enough to tie bryce or anything oh, like that so it. it's not really applicable to this case gotcha and they don't necessarily want to disclose that because then everyone's going to just say that yeah, he, they don't that have he enough to like put this on him so Got it. or her whoever it was Um, so as if the family wasn't suffering enough, Michael's car got broken into as he was searching for his son. So the dad's car, someone broke into his car while he was searching. There's no sign of like it being at all linked, but it's just a weird thing that happened. I think he's just roaming around. Los Angeles County Sheriff's Deputy Joshua Dubin said at the time, quote, it's tragic. I can't imagine having a missing child. And on top of that, have your vehicle broken into, end quote. Friends, family, and volunteers posted flyers and hiked remote trails in search of Bryce. 
while the police took to the skies to scour the area from above. On the ninth day of the search, police utilized the help of bloodhounds, which successfully tracked Bryce's scent from the vehicle to the roadway that crosses a dam all the way to a truck stop. Oh, interesting. That's where all the clues ended, though. With no new leads and no sign of the 19-year-old redhead. The search was officially called off after three weeks. They, they, I'm assuming they probably interviewed people that worked there at the truck stop. Oh, it's just a truck stop, so there's no one workers. It's, it's and just, that's the thing is there's a lot of people that kind of raised an eyebrow at that yeah. because it's so transient and people come and go and mm-hmm. they're going all over the country, so it's Oof. impossible to know. You could have hitched a ride, though. Right. Um, so even though they called off the search... Volunteers continued to donate their time to look for Bryce, and police continued to, continued to carry out their patrols of the area. So it wasn't an official search, but people were still trying to find him. Mm. At the same time that investigators were looking for any trace of Bryce, they were also interviewing those closest to him to gain insight into his frame of mind, which was clearly out of sorts. So obviously something was happening, but they were trying to get the bottom to the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. Um, this is when they learned that in addition to giving away his diamond earrings, he also gave away his Xbox. Hmm. They were also rattled when they learned that on the same night that Bryce left, he texted his roommate the following message, quote, I love you, bro. Seriously. You're the best person I've ever met and you've saved my soul. Dude, he definitely planned this. Like this is not an accident. People who are contemplating suicide often give away their belongings and write heartfelt letters to important people in their lives. Yeah. But Sean said that he didn't get the impression that Bryce wanted to die or that he never planned on coming back. Sean told investigators that he thought Bryce just went off on his own to find himself and that he expected him to be back by Labor Day. I think he had a secret and he didn't want to tell people and was ashamed of it. So he ran away. That's my um, so Bryce never returned. Six years later, no one knows what happened to Bryce. Um, so the theories are basically the first one being that he had a psychotic break and or a head injury. Mm-hmm. Months after Bryce's disappearance, Karen and Michael hired a private investigator who kindly offered to take the case pro bono. Denise Savastino, I think, mm-hmm. who specializes in missing persons cases, believed Bryce intended to return home to Laguna and bases his theory on Bryce's GPS coordinates. Okay. So she theorizes that, I don't know if it's Denise or Dennis. Denise. Yeah, sorry. I was like, she, I think, I don't know. They theorize that Bryce's drug use may have led him to have a psychotic break and that that would explain his like weird behavior. Yeah, because there's no drugs and stuff like that. She also uh, realized, however, that Bryce may have sustained a head injury when he crashed his vehicle and became disoriented disoriented and wandered off. Or Bryce might have suffered a double whammy. He was in the middle of a psychotic psychotic break when he crashed and and had a head injury. Sorry, I can't read right now. Likely a concussion compounded, which compounded his mental state. So her theory is that basically he was in a weird state of mind. And it just got worse. And then he hit his head, and then it was just this weird oh, situation. No. She and the Las Pisa family hired a sonar specialist to search the depths of Government Cove. Um, What's that? So it's an area of the lake that the car oh, was found by. got it. With the assumption that if Bryce had taken his own life, he would surely be at the bottom of the lake. After searching 12 hours a day, 
for two days, it was clear that Government Cove was not Bryce's final resting place. Um, which also kind of contradicts the dogs tracing him to yeah. a truck stop. I don't know how reliable could, like cadaver dogs or dogs in that field are, but I know I think they're pretty like they're pretty like usually if they don't know they won't they yeah. won't go somewhere. So exactly. Usually they only go if there's like they really Yeah. Um But he could have been trying to commit suicide and then once the panic sets in of I'm drowning, like gotten out. Yeah, um, it's important to note that everyone who spoke with Bryce on the phone over the several days leading up to his disappearance stated that he was sounded lucid. So although he was mm. weird and bizarre, he wasn't. I mean, like, it's the same thing that the was, cops said. Like he wasn't. On he was drugs. able he to wasn't... communicate clearly. He just was acting weird. So it's a little bit disjointed in that his actions and the way he's speaking don't fit. Yeah. Um, the other theory is that he left willingly. Karen and Michael Lispisa have gone on the record to say that they don't believe their son would leave willingly. And if he did, he wouldn't have flown under the radar for more than six years. He would have reached out to them eventually or someone. Um, his family doesn't believe he would have committed suicide either. But this theory seems to be the most logical one based on the little evidence available. Consider the following. Bryce said that he had something important to discuss with his parents, but mm -hmm. never told them what it was. Mm -hmm. Bryce gave away several personal items of value, which could indicate he was suicidal, but it could also indicate that he planned to build a new life for himself yep. and start over. In the hours leading up to his disappearance, Bryce wandered the area of Button Willow for hours and spent time sitting in his car for an uh, like inexplicable reasons. I, inexplicable. I don't know why I can't <laughs> speak tonight. Sorry, guys. Um, this could suggest a number of things. First, he could have been debating what he wanted to do. Yeah. Go home, complete suicide, or make a break for it. Yeah. Or he could have been waiting for a ride that never showed up. Was someone secretly picking him up to whisk him away to his new existence? Did Bryce spend so much time in Buttonwillow because he was waiting for a drug dealer? Mm. No drugs were found in his vehicle when the California Highway Patrol searched it nor when it was found abandoned. Yeah, I don't think that's the case. He appears to have deliberately crashed his vehicle, but he was able to break out the back window and escape. Either his body was well hidden or in a remote location that somebody missed or he walked away from the crash. Because even if he injured himself or died, where is he? Yeah, I yeah, I don't think that happened. And then there's the obvious thing that I keep pointing out, which is that Bloodhounds tracked him mm -hmm. to a truck stop. So it's possible he hitched a ride with a trucker. Yeah. And that's that just definitely endless, seems likely. Endless possibility. Yeah. Um, doesn't necessarily even mean he's dead. It's no, just I don't think he's dead. Possibilities. Um, so the suicide theory, trigger warning. Yeah. Obviously. Um, this theory is supported by most of the same evidence supporting the theory that he left on his own. Mental illness often manifests itself during the teen, early adult years, and Bryce's drinking and drug use could have been the trigger that brought these issues to the surface. Mm -hmm. Bryce's cell phone and wallet were found in his vehicle. If he took his own life, he knew he wouldn't need them anymore. If he left to start a new life, he may have left the items behind so he couldn't be tracked. So yep. the fact that it was just blatantly there, yeah. but also he could have been deciding and you're yeah. not going to... In the fall of 2013, months after Bryce vanished, there are multiple sightings of the troubled teen in hmm, Oregon. So interesting. people were saying, we see him in Oregon. He's here. 
but the police were unable to confirm any of them. He's definitely alive. He's also a redhead with a very distinct look, mm, so, so it'd to... be hard to hide. Yeah. Oops. I feel like I would, if you're trying to hide, like you dye your hair or something. Yeah, and maybe, I don't know. People said they saw him, though. Um, the other theory is that he left willingly but was met with foul play. Um, Interesting. The Lespisas believe Bryce met with foul play. Um, not to downplay their theory, but... On what, in, like, on what evidence? Like, in nearly every missing person's case, the family is reluctant to believe their loved one committed suicide or, or would left, just leave, yeah. Or left them. Yeah. Um, some ways it's easier to accept something happened to a loved one than it is to believe they would deliberately leave you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes and, sense. And, like, leave you to kind of wonder what happened to them. Yeah. There are two kind of obvious scenarios here first Bryce might have stumbled across the murder of Lamandre and paid the ultimate price for being in the wrong place at the wrong time mm. it's certainly unnerving that a vicious murder took place around the same time Bryce was driving around the lake it's also possible that Bryce hitched a ride with an insidious truck driver mm-hmm. at some point he may have been dropped off and opted to hitchhike the rest of the way to wherever he was going and was murdered. So even if it wasn't the trucker, they could have taken him somewhere and something. Yeah, so much could have happened. Endless. Yeah. Um, And then it just says, really the truck stop opens the door to the possibility that Bryce's body could be anywhere in the United States. Mm -hmm. If Bryce was picked up by a truck driver, however, no one has come forward to identify themselves. I don't know why they would. Yeah, I feel like you wouldn't even really like... Um, if you came forward to say you took them somewhere that they would probably just look into you and yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you did that, come forward. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. For real. Um, it's a known fact that Bryce was a heavy drinker who used drugs recreationally. His mother insists her only son was a good boy. (laughs) And while I'm sure he was, there's also people on Reddit who disagree with Karen's assessment. Hmm. Um, they say that he was in a downward spiral and his disappearance was, um, so they say he was in a downward spiral and Karen says his disappearance was completely unexpected. Well, she was told that he was acting weird. They disagree. They say that there was tons of signs that he was not in a good place. Um, and that this was kind of obvious that it was going to happen, but you can research the Reddit stuff yourself yeah it's a person that says they were close to him and there's that person i didn't go too far into this but that person claims that there was major family issues Ooh. and they claim to know what he was going to talk to them about like which it could all be fake yeah i have some but it does make on... you wonder what they were what what was he going to talk to them about yeah um some of michael and karen's actions make very little sense yes if bryce's girlfriend felt that bryce was acting strangely and was in no shape to drive why did karen tell her to give him his keys back yep why didn't karen or michael drive to their son's location to pick him up at any point (laughs) especially after after some time like like there's multiple you see that there's something clearly wrong especially after finding out he'd only traveled a few miles over the course of nine hours yeah and learning that he had been sitting in his car pretty much all day so he'd also was sleep deprived and they didn't. Yeah. Not blaming them. Just, it's just odd. I'm kind of blaming um, them. Yeah. I mean, I, you don't know the circumstances, <laughs> but it's kind of like strange. Yes. Um, if they were in denial about his substance use or mental health, if they were kind of that family that wants to be picture, picture mm. perfect and nothing's wrong here. Yeah. Then they wouldn't want to like 
encourage that they would just kind of stay put and be like okay come to us i have us. a feeling that's probably a big reason why mm-hmm. he doubted telling them what to, that he wanted to tell them to yeah some people point to the fact that they knew their son was in a fragile state but they didn't want to be overbearing i didn't really mm-hmm. get that from the conversations i heard and it seems like they were trying to figure out where he was but that's all they were doing yeah like they were actively trying to pursue him and make sure he was okay they were just yeah. trying to figure out what was going on but it didn't seem like they were trying not to be overbearing. They just, that just seems like them. Yeah. Um, so we don't know exactly what was said between Bryce and his mother in multiple conversations. So we don't know if he was agitated, if hmm. there was anything said that made it worse, if he indicated anything more than the mom saying. So at points, like obviously when the police were there, there's points when you hear the conversations mm-hmm. and you know what it was. But there's other conversations that we don't really know. I mean, we have what she says, but we don't really know what yeah. was said. Um, maybe Bryce had a serious drug problem and that's what he wanted to tell his parents. I don't think so. Um, and at 19, a lot of small problems can seem bigger than they are. So it could have been something that's not that serious. It could have been something he wanted to like let them know, a life change. Like Who knows what it is? Um, but perhaps he felt the theory for some is that he felt this kind of pressure to either tell them and be honest or leave his life or end his life. It's kind of like, I think he felt stuck in something whatever. so serious that either those are his options. That's all the options he sees. Yeah. And we don't know what he did. <laughs> um, some people think he wanted to drop out of college. There's a lot of theories. Um, and he, his parents did very much care about the appearance of things. Mm. So if it was something along those lines, he would know that they would be very unhappy with yeah. him and kind of the look of that. Yep. And there's tons of things that fall under that category of yep. not being, I this, can like, see that. Yeah. So hopefully he's out there somewhere and he's happy yeah. and sober. And he, you know, hopefully it is a scenario where he just wanted to get away and he's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, eventually he might reach out to someone and let them know we just have that's so crazy um obviously his family's having a really hard time his girlfriend his friends everyone's trying to find him and they're not giving up well and especially if you've seen him start acting weird and then this happens it's like oh my gosh like i could have done more i'm not trying to be too hard on the parents but i kind of if you look at it from the roommate or the girlfriend's perspective it's very frustrating because you're very, con- I mean, they were actively concerned about him and yes. trying to, they knew that his parents could like, yeah. And in. so many friends wouldn't do that. Like yeah. friends wouldn't call your parents. The fact that they made that step and the parents were still not like, yeah. And they, they are around him and they see what, what he's kind of hour to hour, the changes yeah. in his behavior. So they know, Hey, something weird is happening. And, so they're, you know, as the parents who are kind of removed, you need to kind of listen to that. Yes. I don't know. I'm trying not to be too hard on them because I feel like that is all that's out there is just like about his parents. And I know obviously, even if it was something where they didn't do everything that handle it exactly how I would handle it, they're dealing with their son being gone. Yeah, so of course. It's a hard situation, but yeah, it's just kind of confusing. I wonder if this is something where like, uh, obviously not to this extent, but I wonder if he was the type of person that was just always like 
kind of all over the place and his parents are kind of just maybe over it. Like maybe yeah. like well, he does weird things all the time or like and we the, know he drinks. The big thing about his mental state and whatever he might be dealing with is from what is said, they were very private and very mm. much into, like I said, appearances. Mm-hmm. So we wouldn't even know that about his childhood or yeah. what he dealt with because they wouldn't They never say even said it, yeah. So it's it's very hard to... Everything seems like it was fine when he was young. Maybe yeah. he dealt with some kind of trauma, but it, it's not known either because it didn't happen or because they don't want to share that. So yeah. That's my story. That's crazy. I know. Kind of a downer. Okay, so I actually do have a title for my story, as I mentioned earlier. I know. What is happening to us? Uh, for real. We switched. That's weird because I never have. I think I only had one, like, a first couple of episodes. You did it I the felt first, forced. And I did it. And then, yeah, you kind of felt obligated. I'm and then not you good at it. Gave it up. But, yeah, I think that's how we should roll if, like, one hits you. Yeah. Because you do it. And my not- story, I didn't feel like anything really fit that wasn't, like, cheesy or just really insensitive yeah so i was like uh i get that but my story is called uh the world's dumbest criminal oh my gosh i'm so excited because so i have a list of people that could go on this list. <laughs> oh yeah for sure there is so stupid <laughs> like it's, Wait, I wanna... like it's horrible for the victim but like the person who anyways i'm just gonna get into it so this story is about anna repkina uh, it takes place in Alsi, Oregon, which is an unco- unincorporated community, which is basically uh, a region not governed by a local munis- municipal. I never know how to say that yeah. word. Corporation. So I think that's they what, just don't um, have like a like in North uh, Northern California, NorCal as they call it. <laughs> There's sections where they grow weed that's like that. Yeah, like the police do not enter. Yeah, it's, some, very, it's like something like that. So. Yeah. That's where it t- took place. It's lawless. Yeah. <laughs> it was called Benton County, and there only was uh, there's only a couple hundred people that live there, so it's small. So Anna is actually not from this area. She's from Moscow, Russia. And I'll tell oh. you how that all connects. Oh, she's a spy. <laughs> she was 27 years old at the time of the story, and she came from a strong family in Russia. She had a good desk job at Ikea. She had lots of friends. Wait, desk job? Yeah, I guess. Did she build the desk herself? No. <laughs> Oh my, I wonder if it was an actual Ikea desk. Are they obligated to, are they obligated you to use Ikea furniture? Use tiny desk. Really? Jan's nodding it. his head. I don't think they're obligated. I think it's cost savings. I mean, yeah, that they makes sense. That makes sense. Oh yeah. You buy like the um, return as is that there's just a hole in the box. And <laughs> That's all the ones desk. that they have for their office. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so yeah, she had a desk job at Ikea. She had a lot of friends. She loved pets, specifically cats. And Anna also liked to travel a lot. Right before she came to America, she had just gotten out of a seven-year relationship. Ooh. After her breakup, Wait, she... Wait, remind f- me how old she is? 27. At this point? Yeah. When she got out of the... Okay. So she was 20 when she got in the relationship. Oh, that's a... That's a... That's like... Like primitive yeah, years yeah, to be in a real. relationship. For real. Just dating or did it like a marriage? Just okay. Yeah. I don't, it doesn't really say why they broke up. They were just serious and then they broke up. Yeah. I mean, seven years. I, I don't know assume. why they broke up, but... Oh, that's sad. Yeah, he's he's not really a part of the story. But after she broke up, they broke up. I don't know who broke up with who. She felt Ooh, like her both of whole, our stories involved breakups. <laughs> yeah, There's always something. That's true. She felt like her whole life was really set back because she was already 27, which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You can find well, someone anytime. So she felt like she was kind of set back, and so she signed up for a dating website. This uh, this also could this story could also be named Catfish because. <gasps> 
So she met a 26-year-old man in Oregon, and his name was Will Hargrove. William. I'm guessing he's the fish. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. The two really hit it off. They started talking on the app, then they moved to Facebook, and then video calls. Did it say what app they used? No. Mm. I'm not sure. Sorry. Uh, So yeah, they eventually led to video calls, which they called each other very frequently. So Will was known as a very kind man. He always liked to bring the best out of people. That's what his coworkers and his friends said. He was very funny, personable, sarcastic, just normal dude, apparently, to his friends. You said they video call? Yeah. So how did he catfish her? I meant more catfish in the sense of... He's not who he says he is, but he's, he's who he says Yeah, he looks, he, like. looks, he looks what he looks like, but he's not who he like. Okay, okay, okay. I was thinking to be also catfishing all his friends and family too because he's definitely not. I was what thinking he seems like thirty-year-old Amish woman. Is oh pretending to be this <laughs> no, guy. no, 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 no! He looks like he is who he is. He just doesn't. Yeah, gotcha. I know. I go. She's he's playing her. Yes, exactly. So he spent a lot of free time playing pool at bars. Uh, he also worked as a mechanic at a local car shop. So when Anna and Will started talking, one of the main things they connected on was music. They both really liked rock music, and so they Ooh. spent they spent a lot of times like on video calls, like watching YouTube videos of concerts, so so it could make them feel like they were like at concerts together. Yeah, you do which what is you cool. you do what you have to do at that point to feel like you're <laughs> you're in person. Yeah. yeah, they got to the place in their relationship where Will said he was falling for her and would even send her very expensive gifts through the mail. I feel like that's bachelor language. Like I'm falling for you is different than <laughs> yeah, I'm, that I'm falling in love, in love with, you. with you. And that's different than I love you. Yes, yeah, all completely like different things. Stages. <laughs> yep. So he was falling in love with her. So after a while, they decided they wanted to meet in person. So in December of 2016, Anna booked a flight to the U.S. When she was booking the flight, she got confused. She was supposed to book it for Portland, Oregon, but she accidentally booked it for Portland, Maine. I feel like that's so, got to be so confusing. Especially when you're coming from, like, Russia. Because like, I'm, you have no idea. I mean, I don't know this, but in Russia, it could be that places aren't named, you know, the same. Oh, and the so order you just, of things, like, city, state, like, some places are just different, like, the way yeah, that it's listed. So, you might know of one place that's called one thing, yeah. and that's the only place called that, yep. and then you come to the United States, and there's multiple Portland. It's confused. That's literally what she says, though. She's like, I don't get why there's two places Yeah, so you see Portland, and way. you're like, oh, I'm good. So exactly. I totally, that's so something I would do. <laughs> yep, so she accidentally booked it, didn't realize it until she arrived. It's also the opposite side of the I United know, it's so inconvenient. Um, nothing ends up happening. She arrives, they figure it out, she gets sent back, but it was just kind of a frustrating situation. Mm-hmm. So she stayed with Will for 10 days, and she had a great time. Will spoiled her. He bought her dinner every night, uh, flowers, gifts, showed her around the town. They seemed like they were doing great. Um, Even though they were only together in person for 10 days, at the end of her trip, Will proposed to her, and Anna said yes. This feels like 90 Day Fiance kind of thing. Yeah. There's definitely, at that stage of life, and when you're in different places, there's that sense of urgency of we what's happening <laughs> care about each other and you kind of have that adrenaline and that feeling of like yeah and i the never want to different country like it's yeah just, yeah so i don't i mean i feel like that's easy to judge but until you're in that place yeah. it's very hard to know how you would handle it but you're gonna judge him soon oh i'm i'm <laughs> not opposed to judging i just feel like that, that circumstance specific situation is yeah. one of those until you're in in it yeah you won't know um 
because it's and not you can common. you really can get to know someone a lot like over like just talking to them like if anything that built yeah. their like emotional relationship and but not it's just like one of those things when you're in when you you're learning about someone and you really like them and you feel like that's threatened yeah. or like there's a timeline on it mm-hmm. you rationalize why you should move faster and yeah. there's that urgency and it's very easy from the outside to look at the logic of it mm-hmm. but it's hard when you're in it to see yeah because you're just yeah you're not you're just focused on how yeah. much you love but i'm ready person. to judge him so let's go <laughs> uh i should have like not given this preface of this guy's an idiot beforehand i should have just let you come up i know because i probably would have been like own. oh he's so cute <laughs> yeah at this point yeah true anyways you can pretend like that. oh my gosh what a dream boat <laughs> oh <yeah>. uh. <laughs> Okay, so they talked about how they were going to have a big wedding, and they were both really excited. Everything seemed to be going great, but Will had a huge secret. Mm. Will had another girlfriend, and her name was Michelle Chavez. Chavez. Was she? Chavez. Did she live local? <laughs> oh gosh, this is so ridiculous. So she also lived in Russia. Let me give you their backstory. <laughs> so Michelle and Will met back in 2015. Michelle was 33 and was married to another man. She told Will that their relationship was over. They were sleeping in different beds, but they had two kids together, so that's why they were still living together. So wait, Michelle wait. So, Okay. And Michelle her... was married okay. before she met Will. But they ended their like marriage, but they didn't get a divorce yet. But because it's expensive and, yeah. and you're separating everything. So yep. they had two kids together it and happens. so they said it's just convenient to live in the same yeah, house at happens. this point, but we're living in separate beds. So Michelle worked as a taxi driver, and in 2015, she picked up Will one night and said that they both fell in love that night. So it was an immediate thing. That's dangerous. (laughs) They moved in together by 2016, so they dated for a little bit less than a year. But not in the way that you would think. Will actually moved into the home where Michelle and her current husband lived. So she didn't move out with Will. He just moved in, and so now it's them three and their kids. And her kids with her husband. This needs to be a reality TV show. <laughs> so ridiculous. Like, I would watch He's show. He stayed in their extra room, and he even paid a small amount of what? rent. So he's a, he, it's a roommate situation. Yes, but, like, they would just sleep in each other's beds. Like, so he wanted to he stay had in his there, own but space. he had his own room. Yes, okay. mm-hmm. and he paid rent. Um, oh, this is so weird. She didn't make him pay um, too much, but he said he wanted to. And he... And he, she even gave him her wedding ring the, with the guy to Will as collateral to say that she would eventually divorce, divorce her current husband. That's but, not his to take. <laughs> I if don't you're going to give it, like give she, it back to the person who bought yeah, it for you. Yeah, but she gave it to him saying, like, this is something that's, like, expensive. Like, I'm giving it to you so that you trust me that this really know. is over. Like, okay, if my marriage is over, I, I'm curious to see what you would do. Like, I'm giving the ring back to the person. Yeah. I don't want that. Like, that's not... But it's also, like, you made an investment in this relationship, and we're ending this. I feel like it's yours. That's weird. I don't feel like that's my thing to keep. Or give to someone. And, like, sell or something. No. That's that's weird to me. Yeah. So... (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Very strong opinion, but I'm not judging anyone who keeps it. I just would feel weird doing that. Yeah, I would feel weird, too. Unless the person cheated on me then i'd freaking sell that junk and get the money right there's 
exceptions <laughs> to everything. But I also don't no, I don't even know that I would want that money. I would just be like, here. I would be like, you cheated on me. I'm getting money. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so yeah, she I also gives think him it's unfair that the women get really expensive rings that they could profit off of later. True. And what the guys the... have to dig into their pockets, <laughs> and the guys just get these. <laughs> <laughs> you like, can get an expensive band. You can, but that's not the standard. And yeah, the I girl's get you. Not buying that for the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get you. That's just strange to me. Yeah, there's lots of double standards. Like mm-hmm. because then if the marriage ends, the guy can't go sell his ring and get he money can. off of that, but not the same amount. Yeah. It's just weird. Okay, Jen, calm down. <laughs> I'm selling rings over here. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so, yeah, she gives him the ring. It's not really... Sh- uh, uh, we don't really know how her... I'm referring him as her husband because he technically still Legally. is. Yeah. Okay. So we're not really sure how he felt about this whole situation. Maybe he thought Will was just a friend or maybe Michelle needed money. So the whole roommate situation... I think that was a truck outside. I or think something. even if you knew, like, even if you thought they were friends a day into move, him moving in, you know, you would on. realize she's sneaking I, into his I room. Mean, like, oh, my friend. Yeah, is moving in. that's weird. So but I, we I, don't know. Though, I would what assume he's thinking. he probably was just over it and kind of fine with, like whatever. Yeah, it didn't seem like they really cared. So some point into moving in, Will got really upset that Michelle wasn't making any moves about divorcing her husband and moving out. He got really jealous and thought a good way to get back at her was to jump on a dating website and meet new women to kind of make her jealous. He thought maybe this would speed up her process of moving out. And obviously that is where, that's where he met Anna. So but was it like, cause I don't understand then the logic of moving in because you're kind of enabling that being longer. And <laughs> there's lots, everything about the story reasonably does not make sense like unless you move in and you they're like sleeping together and you're like mad about it it's kind of like you walked into the situation <laughs> you knew knowing what, you what were, it was yeah you knew you were coming into you it doesn't make any sense living there and if she's not willing to move in with you in the beginning and like yeah that, she's not gonna in a month be like yep i'm ready no <laughs> so it's, weird. it's all stupid but it gets even weirder. So coming back to the whole Anna and Will story, mm-hmm. when Anna came to visit Will those 10 days, she stayed in that same house with Will, Michelle, and her husband. <laughs> Michelle and Will were kind of on a break because the whole thing, like he was yeah. mad at her because <laughs> like she friends. wouldn't agree to move. We were on a yeah. <laughs> so in their minds, he was able to date other women, but it was an awkward it was situation. Like open. Yeah, it was open, but not really because they were both still like, mad at each other but both still loved each other and wanted to be together but he was kind of like she being was petty. trying to play like, cool and he was trying to yeah, use, use another very person. tense like awkward situation yeah i mean you're literally using someone though so yeah like, literally and yeah. proposed to her like <laughs> so anna was told by will that he had dated michelle but that they were completely over and so she did think it was weird but it was fine with it. She was thinking like he needs a place to stay. Like that's why he's here, but that they're completely over. So she thinks this couple was married. They broke up. He started dating her yeah. and moved in. They broke up. So yep. this girl now lives with two people. She broke Exes. up with. Yep. And there's nothing there. And this is all good. Yep. <laughs> <sighs> so while she was visiting, they mostly stayed in his room and they only left to go out, but they never hung out with Michelle or her husband. So Anna didn't really get too much information that from them. That would be them. weird, yeah. Yeah. 
At first, Michelle was fine with it that Anna was staying there. But, I mean, she really doesn't have any say because she's living with her husband. And so it's her house, so technically she can do whatever she wants. But, like, morally, she can't say it's weird because she's doing the same thing. But is she sleeping in her husband's bed? I don't know. Maybe. If if she's not, she's not really doing the same thing. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. Like, if they've completely separated and they're just living in the same house, that's different than him bringing a woman in than staying in his room. (laughs) Yeah. That's very different. Uh, So after some time, Michelle starts to get really jealous. She was seeing all the attention Anna was getting from Will and how happy Will was, and it made her really mad. Michelle ends up telling Will she was very uncomfortable with it and doesn't want Anna in her house again. So she tells him that if she comes back and visits again, she needs to stay somewhere else. The, so the next year, Anna does come back to visit in March of 2017. And when she arrives, Michelle again tells her, like, I don't want you to stay at my house and tells them to go somewhere else. So mm-hmm. Will and Anna decide to get their own apartment to rent and they find a place in Corbalis, which was a little outside of where Michelle lived. So they're still on a break. They're still on Michelle a break. and Will. But now, yeah, so now Anna and Will are living in their own apartment while Anna is So he's here. just going for it. Like, I'm going to make you so jealous and so that mad. That I'm moving out kind of thing. Yeah, very weird. Uh, you would think ev- at this point everything is good. Michelle's at her house with her husband. They have a mutual agreement. Will is at the new apartment with Anna, but no, Will immediately after getting the apartment starts visiting and splitting his time between the two women he would spend a couple nights with anna and then spend a night with michelle and michelle was completely aware of what he was doing but anna wasn't (laughs) which if she's from coming from russia and staying for a couple days or like i don't know months it's like okay bye like (laughs) what the heck (laughs) like oh listen i'm (laughs) this is gonna sound but from when i watched 90 day fiance they'll be like all right i'm going out with my friends and it's like they're here for a short amount of time and you're going out and doing things and people just put up with it i I don't understand it so i mean there's many things he could have told her he was doing yeah so over time anna did figure it out will will tell her he was going out to work or errands but she soon realized he was cheating on her uh, she didn't really know who it was or what was going on, but he, she knew something was up. This time, again, she's visiting. Like, what visa? What is she? She's visiting. I don't know how long her, like, stay is. Okay. Um, I don't know what kind of visa she's on. Like, I have okay. no idea what her Because I didn't know if this was, like, a 90-day fiancé scenario where... She, I, that, like, I mean, they, I, that would make sense because they're engaged, probably. This isn't yes, a really old story, but then story, you have so. a certain amount of time to get married... Yeah. And so she's dealing with that pressure and then he's yep. cheating on it. Uh. <laughs> yeah. So complicated. So it became even more obvious to Anna when Michelle added her on Facebook. The moment Michelle looked at Anna's profile, she saw a picture of Anna's new engagement ring uh, on her Facebook page and realizes that it's her ring. <laughs> So when Will got her ring as collateral, oh. he used the same ring okay, to I'm propose sorry, but to Anna. As of now, oh as God. of now, I know things I are going to get, man. I assume things are going to get dark. <laughs> it's going to get so bad. But to me, 
everyone in this scenario like what are you doing what i literally don't understand let me give you this expensive thing that someone else gave to me and then that person gives it to someone else. which like it's not even his ring that he gave to michelle they were never engaged it's her ring from her previous right. husband Somebody gave it to her she gave it to him and he gave it to someone else <laughs> so bad oh that's so bad yeah so michelle uh, sees that on her facebook and so she messages anna and tells her basically hey you're wearing my ring uh anna tells michelle that will told her it was a family heirloom and it was his <gasps> grandmother's which obviously is all a lie at this point though michelle decides to tell anna everything about will about him coming back and forth because she anna doesn't know that that's where he's going anna was very upset but at this point, all she knew about Michelle was what Will told her, which was that she was a crazy ex-girlfriend and that she shouldn't believe anything she says. That's like the says. go-to. Yep. But I also feel like you could easily look into that. Like, be like, let I me don't see. think she wants to. But That's I, the thing. It's the denial thing. And I agree. But you could be like, let me see wedding pictures. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> Two seconds. But you yeah, find you, out. <laughs> she doesn't care to. She doesn't even want to see that. Yeah. So Anna replied to Michelle's text uh, message on Facebook by calling her a... Michelle responds to this and says, quote, if you think I'm now, just wait, end quote. But I also don't feel like that's like I wouldn't take that as I, I'm, she's de- I'm applying, all in denial. I'm like trying to apply logic to it. She's not wanting to think. Like, you I'd can't. Like, that's what I'm saying. You can't apply logic I'd to the like, story. I'd be like, oh, girl, thanks. Uh, my bad. Like, here's but your ring back. But she's so in love with him and wants to move on and, and wants to live in the U.S. probably that she doesn't care. Like, she doesn't yeah. want to. And I also acknowledge that it's easy to look at these situations and be like, oh, I would handle this so much better. No, I would handle this so much I better. I feel like relationally, <laughs> I've been very cautious and mindful of, of things. And I've been very aware of red flags. So to me, it's kind of baffling when someone just blatantly ignores that because I, I want you to respect yep. and love yourself and And it, see it's those not things. even like you're being oblivious and you're not catching on. These things are very clear They're to you. You're choosing you. to ignore them. Yeah, and that's very hard for me to understand why you wouldn't want to like be with someone where there wasn't yeah. this kind of maybe she's had some kind of like hard I mean, past with her ex where she's like or so she really really cares about him yeah and i'm sure they had a genuine connection i yep. mean i mean yeah she came from russia like all the way just to be with him so obviously she cares about him so i i mean i get it it's it's, it's a just, lot just frustrating to see it all unfold but yeah, so after all that message, Anna continues to believe Will and, and ignores Michelle. They had plans to get married three days after that conversation on March 25th. So it probably was a 90-day like visa uh, Yeah, situation. they probably had to do it quick. On March 25th, Will and Anna leave their apartment and head to the Oregon coast to get married. Anna leaves the apartment with her wedding dress on, and they make a stop at Walmart to pick up some wedding bands. Hey. <laughs> Listen, I mean, do what you got to do. All I'm going to say is my ring was in the shop for two <laughs> weeks and I went to like five different places to try to find a band just so I could have something <laughs> and none of them had it. And Walmart's like the one hey. place I didn't try. And I was literally like, I bet they would have affordable. Probably. Oh yeah, good, probably. Like don't sleep on Walmart. I mean, also I'm not opposed. I mean, my husband's band we got from Etsy. Like it's not anything crazy expensive. Yeah. And I would totally rock a band for like traveling. I really want to get yeah. one for traveling and stuff because they say you're not supposed to wear your, yeah, your like yeah, you're not. expensive jewelry. So, I mean, I don't judge. I mean, it's weird that they got it on their way. Like they didn't think about this before. They were just like, oh, got to sleep at Walmart. It was probably something where their relationship was kind of up in the air until... <laughs> All over the place. I mean, from... it's When you're on the the 
you're in that situation where you have a certain amount of time to decide, are you going to get married? Yeah, that's true. You have all of these things. I feel like a lot of things you wait till the last minute because you don't even know if I get that. That's true. It's going to be a thing. Yep. So they stop at Walmart. Anna stays in the car while Will goes inside. Security cameras inside the store show Will looking at rings while he's on the phone. He was on the phone with Michelle, and he's not talking to her about what he's doing. <laughs> I can't with this guy. I, that, I'm telling you. What? He's not talking to her about what he's doing. She has no idea what he's doing. But he's Hold on, hold on. He's asking her if he can stay the night. Okay, sorry, my friend. On his wedding day. <laughs> But at this point, Gosh. at this point, I, I, he is literally the devil. I'm not denying that. It's so bad. But you know, he gave your ring to some other girl. Dude, I'm telling you. And you're on you, the phone with it? Like, I'm telling <laughs> you, the women in the story, I don't understand. You don't understand anyone in the story. No, anyone. Any single person in the story. No. Uh, the person who works at Walmart, I don't even yeah. get. Like, I <laughs> don't real, understand. For real. Everyone's crazy. Yeah, so he asks her if he can stay the night. Michelle has no idea that he's picking up rings and about to go to his wedding ceremony. <laughs> So Will gets back in the car with the bands, and they make their way to the Oregon coast. When they get there, nothing's set up. There's nothing there. So he's not planning on spending the night with his new wife? I guess not. Or maybe, like, just bed hopping? <laughs> like, <laughs> once she falls asleep? Uh, so, uh. granted, they were going for a very intimate wedding. It was just them. Yeah. But they had made plans to get an officiant and all that stuff. Yeah. And I was under the impression that Will was planning everything, because that's what he would told her. Told her he would take care of it. She would even see him taking calls, pretending he was talking to officiants when he was actually just on the phone with the video game stores. But also, he's like, he knows the area. So obviously, that wouldn't be something she would try to do. No, you know? exactly. Yeah, like, that makes knows. sense. So she's trusting him. Like, yeah, Absolutely. you got this. He, uh, da, 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 da. So they just show up to the beach and there's just... nothing there. He had also told her he would apply for their marriage certificate, which he also never did. He clearly did not have any plans to get married to her that, that day or even ever. Will ends up apologizing and saying that the officiant was sick and so that's why he wasn't there. Once again, Anna believes him and says it's okay. I'm they getting can like reschedule. Casey Anthony vibes where she literally takes them all mm-hmm. the way into where she says she's working and then keeps going and then they get to a point where she can't go any further and she's like, yeah, I don't work here. Like he just kept going with it until there was I literally know. no other option. Literally. So she says, it's okay, we can reschedule. No. So they get back into the car and head home. They even stop at McDonald's on the way back, oh and gosh. there is security footage of them in the car with I'm Anna so in her wedding right dress. Oh. That's so sad. Like, I, I'm, okay, I know I'm saying I don't understand, but I feel so bad for I, her. I feel like horrible I, for her. I know she, I know that she just really, really cares about him, and I don't She's know what it's so like, like to really care about someone that's like that. Yeah. Like, I've lucked out with the people that I've cared about, but I feel like when you really care and it's just an awful person, that's got to be really challenging because yeah, you... Yeah, I feel so bad for her. Sometimes you can feel like you can fix them or whatever, and it's just... That's sad. I agree. Uh, yeah, so they're coming back. A couple of days after this, Michelle gives well... Well, Michelle gives Will an ultimatum of choosing her or Anna. A little late, but okay. <laughs> Will reassures her that he loves her more than anyone, and both decided that they are going to leave their significant others to be together by April 27th. So they gave themselves like a specific deadline. 
There are multiple instances where Will would tell Michelle he would, quote, fix it and send Anna home to Russia, but he would never go through with it. Anna, at this point, still knows nothing about this whole back and forth with her, with him and Michelle and thinks they are still getting married on their rescheduled date. On April 15th, very close to Michelle and Will's, Will's deadline of getting together, mm-hmm. Michelle and Will decide to go on a date night on that Saturday night. Michelle was told by Will that he had sent Anna away, but hours before Will was supposed to pick up Michelle, he calls her and says that Anna just showed up at the apartment. Michelle was very upset. She told Will that he wasn't setting a clear tone with Anna and needed to be more direct, which I'm pretty sure, obviously, Will wasn't trying to send Anna at all. Like, this was all just lies. Like, well, Anna I mean, at this point doesn't know anything. This isn't something where you just send her away. Like, she, you would get her a flight, she would go home, and I you would know. care, yeah. Like... <laughs> You don't just, like, throw her out the door and be like, bye. Yeah, I think that's what Michelle's wanting him to do, though. So when Will and Michelle get off the phone, Will sends her a text that says, quote, I will have this permanently solved by 1800. So what is that, 6 o'clock, 6 p.m.? Yeah, tomorrow, end quote. I, that sounds right. Yeah, tw- yeah. Michelle was still pretty mad and kept calling him and texting him, but eventually Will turns off his phone. At about 2 a.m., Michelle le- leaves Will a voicemail saying, quote, I guess you made your choice. Okay, I'll let you be, end quote. At 3 a.m., she leaves him another voicemail saying... <laughs> this is me actively not letting you be. <laughs> <laughs> she leaves him another voicemail saying, quote, why? I just want to know why. I'll let you be, but I just want to know why, end quote. The next day was Easter, so Michelle goes to her mother's house. But back at Will's apartment, Will is struggling with a car insurance issue he kept not paying his insurance, and they told him that if he didn't pay by the 16th, he wouldn't have coverage. So he just, every He's, area of his life. Is messed up, yeah. He's also in the car business. <laughs> He's a car mechanic, yeah. But you're in the he just vehicle pay. business. He's like petty and, like, cheap. So while Michelle is celebrating Easter with her family, Will calls her at 4.30 p.m. saying he was stuck on the coast and had hit a deer, so he needed her to come help him. No, do not. <laughs> Michelle agrees. She's going to. <laughs> Michelle agrees and drives to Alsie to meet Will, which Alsie is like where the unincorporated community thing was. While Will is waiting oh, for Michelle. Oh, so he knows it's like lawless. Mm-hmm. So while he's waiting for Michelle, there's security footage of him at a gas station where he buys candy and soda. When Michelle arrives, Will tells her that he had a really bad argument with Anna. He says she packed up her things and left for good. Michelle gets very happy with this, and so they both get in her car and uh, have sex. Michelle then leaves... What position? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) The PG. No, it's not PG, but... We will edit that out. (laughs) Oh, we're not editing that oh, out. No. <laughs> so yeah, okay. they go, they get in the car, they get frisky. Michelle then leaves in her car, which is weird because he asked her to come help him, but maybe it was just emotionally or I don't know what it he's was. Like, but he didn't need car help. I feel like I'm good now. I literally, literally. Also, he's a mechanic. You don't need help from her. No, I think he literally meant just like I need somebody here. <sighs> So Michelle's family says that when she came back that day, she was very happy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Will also leaves at the same time, but he makes a couple stops. First, he stops at an ATM at a gas station and pulls out $200 from Anna's bank account. <gasps> yep. 
And then super weird, but when he's when him? he's at the gas station, he confides with the workers there about how his girlfriend left him, and there's security footage of a worker hugging him and consoling him while he cries at a gas station. He just wants attention from whoever's in front of Literally. him. Literally, yep. He leaves and makes another stop at another ATM and pulls another $600 out of Anna's account. Then at around 9 p.m., he drives to another bank and deposits $160 into his bank account from the money he got out of Anna's account. Okay. He does this to pay his car insurance. But what is all the extra money for? I don't know. The next day, April 17th, 2017, there was a man who was working as a caretaker and was going for a walk in a woodsy area and came across Anna's body. (gasps) Her body was just laying out in the open. Didn't seem like anyone had cared to conceal her body, which we know. like That also means that that there was a lack of remorse. Exactly. Which is awful. She had one bullet wound in her head. When police got to the scene, they found a bunch of trash. Personal trash like fast food, receipts, cigarette butts, candy wrappers. Yep. Police thought this could could already have been there, but then they start looking into it more. Oh, he's such an idiot. At this point, Will is sending text messages to Anna's phone saying, quote, baby, I'm sorry. Please come home. Please, I need you. Like trying to make just it look let like me know you're left. safe. Yep. End quote. So why would you leave your trash by her then? <laughs> Literally so stupid. But I'm glad he was stupid so that he got caught. I mean, everything. It's obvious he was. Yeah. Oh, he does idiot. even more weird things. So Will's story at this point is that they got into an argument and she left and now he's worried that she's missing. Mm. Now, <laughs> this is when it gets weird. At, at around the same time, Will gets online and starts Googling about time travel. He gets onto forums on Reddit and online conversation conversations where he asks how to try, time travel to fix, quote, a horrible mistake. He even posts on Yahoo Answers Quote, how to time travel to April 16th. I he's did like, something bad and I need to fix he's it. Like, End quote. at Elon Musk. Can uh, you help guy, me out? <laughs> he literally specifically says I need to time travel to April 16th. I did a horrible thing. You are so dumb. Okay. Listen, I think he oh is gosh. an imbecile. But also, FBI, please don't check my Google searches because I got some weird stuff in there. <laughs> That's some weird oh, investigation, like very specific things I was looking for <laughs> for this podcast. Yeah, but you're not posting on Yahoo Answers. I need to time travel to April 16th um, so I can fix the mistake. But also weird thing, I feel like this happens every week, but that was like a huge theory in my case is time travel. Interesting. It was like a big thing that people were pointing to of why he was like going back to the same place. Interesting. And then he's just gone. Dude, I believe that. I'm not like, I'm not, I'm not like, I, I think like I am on the edge of my seat. The coolest thing to me would be if time travel like was discovered and it was a thing. Yeah. I, I I believe it. And it was like this balance of you can't mess with anything. So you can't go back, but it's a thing you can do. I I think it's a thing. And you have to figure out when you can and can't. Oh gosh. That's so trippy. That hurts To me, it's like the, the coolest concept. I agree. Because it's such a like even if we're not at that point now like i feel like we will get to that point in technology i totally believe it i mean i yeah who knows i definitely feel like there's more there's probably more um 
science behind it than they would say. I'm sure, yeah. But I don't know. It's just interesting to me. I feel like it's something that there's so much weight to it of what yeah. you would use that for. Oh my gosh, I and can't it even imagine. Has to be in the right hands. I don't know. Yeah, it's just and weird. if it was in Will's hands, God, I don't even know what would happen. But yeah, you so travel he's. Back <laughs> I hope so. Do it again. So yeah, he's on Reddit. He's having online conversations. And it, and in one conversation, he even says that he would sell his soul to go back in time and fix his horrible mistake. Mm-hmm. While he's also while he's freaking out, he also goes out and spends all of Anna's money on candy, Legos, and other childlike toys. He texts one of his other friends saying, quote, spending money I shouldn't because I'm trying to distract myself, end quote. He's super impulsive. <laughs> yeah. Obviously. While police are processing the crime scene, they find a receipt for KFC. It was from three days earlier. Oh God, that was his biggest mistake. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> KFC. I, I don't... Have I ever been to KFC? It's atrocious. I don't like KFC. I've never been there, but I'm McDonald's, I was all there. Give me the fries. <laughs> I don't know how much difference that is. I'm so sorry. That was really insensitive. That was not his biggest mistake. I want to no, be clear. Oh my gosh, yeah. His biggest mistake was Just uh, number one, murder. And number two, many things. cheating. Number three, lying. Number four, manipulating and using people. There's a long list, but KFC's like... It's in there. In the top 10. Yeah, it's in there. <laughs> so yeah, they find a receipt for KFC. It was from three days earlier. And the receipt didn't have a name on it, but the restaurant did say a car came through the drive-thru that day with two purchases. One with a card that came back belonging to someone named Kevin Thomas, and the other purchase was with cash. Okay, is Kevin the husband of Michelle? (laughs) No, I don't know his name. Mm. Police decide to interview Kevin Thomas. They told him that they found a receipt that came back with his name on it, and he says, yep, my brother and I go to KFC every Friday. When they ask him what his brother's name is, he says William Hargrove. They also find out that Will isn't actually his brother. They just call each other brothers because they've known each other for a long time. Ew. He, he also told police that Will had asked him to borrow his Wait, shotgun. Wait, I just want to say you're like my sister. <laughs> okay. When do you establish that? No, but like if a police is asking you a question, <laughs> like you don't go off of like. You would go with like actual you facts. You would go with the. You would say my friend, because that's just confusing. Yes. Unless you're trying to confuse us. <laughs> I don't think this guy was all there either. What is uh, happening? I'm telling you, the story is chaotic. So uh, he Sorry. told police. Sorry, sis, go ahead. <laughs> he, he told police that Will had asked him to borrow his shotgun so he could go, quote, shoot it and blow off some steam, end quote. Uh, no. But he never gave it back to him. And as far as he knew, Will still had it clear dude the the cops and the police in this uh, investigation were probably the police. like hold on separate entities in <laughs> the cops and you know the police. what i mean <laughs> they're literally probably like okay this like everything lines up like this is so easy <laughs> well, you left the evidence there and then we asked your br- your brother and you posted and on yahoo answers how do i go back to april 16th to fix a horrible specific mistake date. i made a mistake <sighs> yeah they're honestly this is making it look pretty easy to yep. be a cop after the interview with his brother police went to go talk to will at his apartment immediately will starts lying and tells police that he and michelle went on a drive in the alcee area on that day and that's why his trash is around police also ask will where he disposed the trash and will tells him that he dropped it outside the convenience store where he had stopped 
So he just happens to be there with someone else yep. that he's cheating on, this girl that was found dead. Yep. And his trash just happened to and land. And he has connections to Anna. Like it's... Just landed next to the body. Also, does Anna know anyone else? Like, no, why would she be out there? Literally only knows him, Michelle, and Michelle's husband and the kids. So after a couple of questions, police ask Will if he would go to the police station for some more questions, and he agrees. Are you raising your hand? Yes. Because I didn't want to interrupt you again, but... <laughs> I think it's awfully convenient that Michelle has sex with him and just leaves in quotation marks. I listen, feel like, we can't question anything weird in the story. Listen, it doesn't I make feel any like sense. she would have awesome motive to like, she want, comes up and, and she comes up in a second. Like she just, okay. I'm sorry. I just, I'm just saying, I'm not trying, if, if she's innocent, cool. But I, I think she's innocent, kind of, but there's, there's more details to come okay. about her. Right before, so he agrees to going to the police station, but right before they leave, Will texts Michelle and says, quote, picked you up at your mom's, drove to Alcee General Store, and drove back. Here's my home. alibi. <laughs> Literally. Oh, gosh. Oh, it's so satisfying that he's so stupid. I know. Lit- yes. So they bring Will into the station, and Will acts like he barely knew Anna. He says they met and went on a couple of dates, but he quickly realized he didn't like her, and she was kind of psycho doesn't think they can look into the fact that he gave her a ring. Literally, it's on her Facebook page. He says he ended it and told her it wasn't going to work out, and she didn't like that. He also says that Anna was obsessed with him and even faked that she was engaged to him, hence her picture of the ring on Facebook. That it's like, that's Michelle's ring. You, you can, can track trace that back. Michelle was like, hey, that's my ring. <laughs> so at this point, police has not mentioned that Anna was dead. So they finally tell Will that Anna was found in Alsay in the woods, and his trash was right by her body. Will acts shocked, but then quickly realizes what's going on. He stops talking and requests a lawyer. Police, at the end of this interview, puts Will under arrest for the murder of Anna, obviously. After arresting Will, police became curious on what role Michelle had with this, so they bring her in for questioning. Okay. At first, she really tries to go with Will's story that he told her to say. Police tell her that they arrested Will for murder, and she replies with, okay. So they immediately get suspicious that she's somehow involved... Why wouldn't she freak out that the guy she was with yeah. just murdered someone? Because even if, I mean, so she's innocent, whatever. That's really cold. It's the same thing with like Anna, though. Like it, th- this guy just has some kind of trance on these. No, women. but this is like murder. This is different. I but feel like, like to that extent that he's like so like like what is it about him that these women are just doing whatever? I don't know, but I mean, you hear that information and you still want to have his back. That's, yeah. That's, I mean, uh, so weird. I don't really feel bad about anything negative I've said about her, <laughs> basically. Uh, so police realize this and they ask her why she's not upset. And then she changes completely and says that she is and gets very emotional. Yeah. She's like, oops, yeah. I forgot to cry. Yep. So fast forward to July of 2018. Will is formally indicted for Anna's murder. Defense argues that Michelle was the one who did it. Michelle what? to this day. Yeah. Michelle to this day says that she never wanted Anna hurt. That when she kept telling Will to take care of it, she just wanted him to break up with her for good and send her back to Russia. I don't necessarily believe that. Yeah. I think she definitely, because of her response, in in the very least, she was cool with Anna being dead, which is not cool. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not personally, I don't believe she pulled the trigger. Yeah. But I, I also you. could totally see her knowing about it or like being cool with it. Mm-hmm. A big part of Will's defense was that at the end of the night when Anna was murdered, Michelle ended up with her phone, with Anna's phone. (gasps) 
Will apparently drove to Michelle that night and gave her Anna's phone and asked her to hang on to it. Phone records also showed that Michelle had been at the place where Anna's body was found at some point, but she argues saying Will took her there one time and she was just in the car. Yeah. So it wasn't on the same night, but it had shown that she had been yeah, to that area Yeah, because they could before. go there and easily plan. I, I yeah. think she knew way more than... I don't think she was just innocent in this, personally. Yeah. I mean, it's 100% that he did it. Of course. But I, I just... It seems like every step of the way... She just wanted anything to where she could just have him to herself. I could see, though, too, like, this is an area that he knows already. And also, he's very dumb. So I can see him taking her back to that area and being like, this is a cool area. Like, Oh, for sure. To me, if there wasn't the response when she found out that Anna was dead, mm -hmm. if it wasn't for that... She could have been seemed... in shock, though. Like, she could have... I mean, there I mean, are different even reasons I feel like that. I feel like they, then it would say, like, she was in shock. She's, like... I feel like that's different than shock. It's almost seems like it was kind of like, okay, like, yeah, I get I that. I mean, I'm just playing. I, I personally don't think that she had anything to do with it. Yeah. And that's, I think she, that's cool. She thought she might've perceived Will as being like sketchier maybe, but I don't think she would have thought he would have taken it to that place. I think she is, was just wanting him so bad that she was like, can you just take care of it? Like, I'm over this. I'm sick of this. Like, take care of it somehow. Right. I don't but think I she do had any. But I do think there's, I mean, there's many cases when somebody wants someone so bad that they're like, yeah. okay with them doing horrible yeah. things. Yeah, I mean, could so, be true. Interesting. I, I feel like we have very rarely <laughs> have like differing yeah. opinions. opinions. So email us if who you agree with. Yeah. Well, Will's defense also argued that Will loved Anna and he would never hurt her, that they planned on starting their future, and Michelle was just jealous. Also, what defense is that? Like, <laughs> oh, he loved to... her. Like, what do you mean? Like, you can't just say well, that as a fact. Well, you can easily fact. point to what he said of, oh, yeah, she she was crazy. We, yeah, we what do you days. mean? I don't understand how that was even a point in their defense. But... They're just trying to do whatever. I mean, it's blatantly <sighs> obvious that he did it, so they're trying to. Yep. So even with all of the skepticism about Michelle, prosecutors argued that Will had never shown any emotions about Anna throughout trial or their initial questioning, which is what you just said. So they believed he was the one and only person responsible for Anna's death. The shotgun apparently used to kill Anna also had no fingerprints other than Will's, and they were also able to create a timeline based on security footage around town and Will's cell phone pings. At about 4.45 p.m. that day, his phone pinged at the exact spot they found Anna. So clear, obvious. Yeah. A big piece of evidence they found was a security footage from another convenience store after 4 p.m. So this would have been after he killed her. When zoomed in on his head, he's bald, FYI, there are two dark spots. And when compared to older pictures, he he doesn't have those spots. So they're not birthmarks. So they argue that like it was sunspots. blood splatter. Yeah. So that's just oh. another little detail. The trial started on October of 2019. Over 79 people testified, mm. and it lasted a month. At the end, he was charged guilty for Anna's murder, yeah. identity theft, and two counts of se second-degree theft for stealing from Anna's bank account. Yeah. In January of 2020, he was sentenced to life sentence in prison with a possibility of parole after mm. 25 years, which I think he shouldn't have gotten that, but whatever. I mean, Michelle never got charged, but she did get a lot of scrutiny in her town. In fact, it got so bad that in June of 2018, she tried to take her own life, but was not successful. Mm. To this day, she claims she had no part in this and feels horrible for Anna and her family. She never wanted her hurt and said Anna was a nice girl. She just wanted her man back. Um, 
Yeah, uh, and that could ease that. That's one of those things that's so hard to assess. Like, it absolutely could be something where she really didn't think he was capable of it, mm-hmm. and she feels awful because she didn't see that. Yeah. Or it could be something where she said one thing one time yep. and she feels really bad. That she feels bad that that. That's what I mean by that. I'm not. I'm not saying she was standing there when he did it. I just. I feel like. But knowing how crazy Will is, he could have taken that one thing that she said. She could have easily said like, "Get rid of her. I never yeah. want to see her again." Exactly. Which I she could have said. Doing and and in anger, she could have said something like, "I want yep. her off the face of the earth." And so, I mean, there's no telling what exactly what happened. Be. And I'm I'm not trying to and at all blame. He's at fault here. Yeah, thousand percent. But also, don't 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 like you there's see just red enough signs, little don't hang out with people like that. Yeah, I mean, I get it. But whatever. But there's enough little like threads to tie her to having at least a motive for wanting yeah, in a gun yeah, where course. I would, I feel like it would be wrong to like, just think she was completely just like, and oblivious. I don't know the details of like the interrogation with her. And like, I'm sure they investigated that stuff. Yeah. that's. I didn't really look into if that. If you're not the person who pulled the trigger, that's very hard to prove. Yes. Too. Yeah. So exactly. I mean, because yeah. it, it's one of those things that comes down to like, if she did say, Hey, kill her. And yep. you have proof of that. You can't really. Yeah. So Will in the past couple of months have has recently filed like an appeal this year. Yeah, like, yeah, recently. Okay. Yeah, because his trial was 2020. So this was pretty recent. Um, he's still in jail, but he recently filed an appeal. Kind of appeal. There's I don't know. There's no like it's just stupid. Probably You're not getting like out. Improper representation. Yeah, what they always do. I don't know. Um, but just last rest in peace to Anna. I'm really sorry for yeah. her and her family, but That's her ashes so were sent back to Russia to her family. Good. Oh. Yep. So that's the world's dumbest criminal. Yeah, he's an idiot. Yeah. Such a frustrating story. He's an idiot that people loved, and that's really Yeah, sad. I he don't. He took advantage of that. Yep. Well, well uh, what a happy episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, for real. You need to coordinate. Hey, I have a heavy story. You do something light. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> at least it was a little, like, made us laugh a little bit because of how dumb he was. Right. And I was trying not to do that too much. But, yeah. Yeah, I don't feel bad for him. All right, Jan, what you got for us? Okay. Um, got some notes. I have a little bit of a theme this week. Ooh. Some geography notes, because uh-huh. I didn't have much else to look at for your guys' stories. <laughs> You're repeating. Ooh. But uh, first, uh, Francis McDormand and Sam Rockwell both won Oscars for Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Yeah, I knew it was. And uh, might I say, my opinion is that they were amazing. Yeah, they were. I love them. <laughs> I thought you were about uh, to like... What's his name? Sam Rockwell was Dude, insane. that freaking guy killed he makes you. Down. He makes you like feel bad and actually like a... And this is going to sound horrible, but he's like... No, that's his job. He's a raging, like, racist. But what the movie hom- really homophobic cop. But and by the end, you're just like he humanizes really it in a weird way. But I was gonna say the whole movie humanizes everyone because everyone's dealing with this deep emotional pain mm-hmm. for s- different kinds of things. But at the end, it's like you see them all as humans. So there's like a redemption factor. Oh yeah, which is yeah, good. yeah. Like no one's too far gone. Yes, for sure. For sure, it's fascinating. Anyways, I'm uh, going on to your story, Ash. Um, Laguna Niguel is amazing. I've been there. Ah. You have? 
Yeah, so that is the city like directly adjacent to Irvine, California. Ah, interesting. Whereas, um, one of my company's offices Wait, are located. Wait, when did you go there? Well, it's like multiple it, times. Were you a truck driver when you went there? <laughs> no, no, no. But they're like it's as if you're driving. It's not like driving to another city. They're literally right next to each other. There's almost no distinction. Mm-hmm. Mm. But anyways, it's amazing. Um, and I went to a park called Laguna Niguel Regional Park, and I huh, sat there for a little bit. Wow. Saw some geese. It's a cool spot. That's cool. Button Willow, fun fact, has exactly an area of 6.9 square miles. I, you literally giggled like a middle that's school it? boy. That's it? Is that small? <laughs> it's tiny, but oh, it's wow. nice. That's where he spent a lot of his wow. time. That mm-hmm. really shows that's you, though, crazy. how he yeah, was just circling. there's nothing there. Wow. He was circling. He was circling. Um, lake that the car was found, you pronounced it correctly. It is pronounced Ka-Steak. So, I think you pronounced it correctly. I I think I said two different things, so one of them is... Good job. It's like Ka-Steak. Ka-Steak. Yeah. I I tried. And um, that's pretty much it for that one. Mm -hmm. Um, Wait, did you... you, What do you think happened to him? What's your theory? um, I have two main theories. One, he had a very big secret... Mm-hmm. That he didn't want to tell. He was trying to decide whether or not to tell his parents. Mm-hmm. Or he's dead. Mm. But I think most likely... Or a combination. Sure. I think he is most likely living somewhere under a brand new name. Everything mm. new and it's just Yeah, kinda, which I feel like people think is very hard to do, but it's actually not. It ain't it, Especially... I feel like then it was easier. Now mm. it's a little bit more hard. Well, what time was your oh, story? That was pretty recent, though, your story. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I'm saying it, it wasn't, like, as recent as yours, mm. but. Uh, but anyways, that's what I think. I think he's probably living somewhere in, like, Portland or something, and yeah. he's just, like, chilling yeah. as hmm. some lumberjack-looking guy. Oh, okay. Well, he's he's a redhead, and he's living in Portland, mm. so he's probably wearing flannel and a big he's more. He had more of, to me, I mean, he obviously could have changed it, but he had more of, a, like, a skater vibe. Yeah, she says he's a skater boy. Well, we had to change his appearance, though. Yeah, so he now could he's be like a lumber. Flannels like, down. That's true. Anyways, um, moving on. Uh, Issa, your story. Um, Alcia, Oregon, has a population of 164 people. Mm. Uh, there is a Very cover small. and fun. The only fun fact I can think about, I could think. The only fun fact <laughs> I could find about it was that there is a covered bridge. Hmm. And it's cool looking and it's historic. Yeah, interesting. interesting. That's all they're known for. Yikes. Sad. Um, Corvallis, Oregon is the home for the Oregon State Beavers, a pretty good football team, Okay. university football team. I like them. But uh, more interestingly enough, Corvallis is recognized as a tree, as a tree, tree city, USA. The city has at least 47 Tri-city? public, no, tree, Ooh. has at least 47 public parks within and, at, uh, within and adjacent to the city limits. That's cool. Seems That's like a cool, cool little town. Yep. Got some crazy people in it. That's where their apartment was. Um, next, the um, Walmart wedding bands. Googled it. <laughs> <laughs> They're not. They uh, like... sell some 
I found the cheapest one. It's uh, three dollars and forty nine cents. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> That's what it looks like. That's that not is like amazing. Bad, There's also this one. It's got I a mean, little Walmart. bit of a bevel to it. Wow. That's, that looks that one looks like that one looks like kind of like yours. <laughs> well, it looks kind of like both of ours. Yeah, you guys have so like that funny. Wow, cool. I did not think it was gonna be that. I mean, that's what I'm saying is they have like. <laughs> I mean, it's obviously not real diamonds but if you're they just looking something. for a band band without any diamonds yeah why would you why yeah. not i mean it's a good um it's a good spot to go if you're well, traveling internationally they like other places in walmart it's the same product for instance something from target it's the same quality product they just upcharge because oh, yeah. of true branding so it's i also will speak to etsy being a good place to find a plain yes, wedding band to- from <laughs> for male to- or women but Mm-hmm. I'm assuming most That's males. where, I mean, I'm going to get a band for That's travel and I'm going to go to Etsy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's smart. Um, and my last note is that time travel has been proven by The Simpsons. The Simpsons. <laughs> I believe it. I totally believe I wanna it. I want to do a whole story on The I Simpsons. I totally believe it. I have a video for you guys to There's watch. There's so many good things in The Simpsons that There's they predicted. It's Literally detailed. Like, I don't understand how you can't say that it's not. Like, how else? Like, They're not coincidences at, at this point. To me, so the theory is that it's just that they... Grown because they're, they're in, like... They're all from Harvard and into math. They basically studied st- statistics to say this is the odds that this no, will happen. No, it's too detailed. And they predict, like, very specific things. There's no freaking way it's way too detailed. Yeah, my... Yeah, like, because there's, like, gestures and stuff that you wouldn't... The thing that um, makes me really believe that they have time travel is not so much that they can... They've been able to basically predict so many stories is that the way they're drawn and framed is like identical to the broadcast so it's so weird for me to see like there's a very famous one the one that really really freaks me out is when um when um uh trump is in front of that uh one girl from somewhere in europe that is like the the poster child for whatever she's whatever anyways she does like environmental stuff and she's like 12 sure yeah. I think she won Woman of the Year. Yes. Mm-hmm. Greta. Okay. Uh, and she's like behind him, like staring him down, hating him. <laughs> and there's like the same exact so frame weird. in The Simpsons from like Trump and then some girl. It's a, uh, I don't watch The Simpsons. It's the daughter of Homer Simpson mm-hmm. staring him down. And it's like later on she goes and speaks at a podium and then they have the same thing of Greta. <laughs> so no, there's whatever. so many. There's it's so freaky. many. It's so strange. Oh, it's crazy. So, but anyways, that's a great episode, ladies. No, there's also um, like books where people have written things that were going to happen. And time travels. There's real. like multiple things that were, that happened based on what they said. It's weird. I, I think time travels real and that's all I got. Yeah. I, I mean, not to spend any more time on this because it's a true crime podcast i do watch a lot of sci-fi um, uh, there can be crimes committed in time travel oh for sure um the biggest thing that i would want to know is if time travel is proven is which movie got it right <laughs> that's true because there's like if you watch the recent avengers okay, movie they're I'm like also very like naive about the subject but amateur or whatever but i feel like avengers explained it to where i could grasp the concept but that's only I, yeah. one no that's why how it would work to me i 
I felt like if I can understand this, I feel like it's probably not how oh, it Oh, I see what you're saying. Uh, yeah, yeah, true, true, true. Like, I, I feel like they did th- a great yeah. job of making it seem very complex, but they explained it, but I just don't think that's necessarily how it works. I get that. Yeah, for me, if time travel is real, it's the traditional, you go back in time and then you're messing with how things are going and there is no way to go back to the previous future. So like if I go back 10 years and I mess with a little bit, by the time I come back here, it'll be different and you mm-hmm. might not even be the person you are. Yeah. So yeah, you have to be really careful what you mess with. Can you imagine? That'd be sick. If you had to go, no, I'm not gonna keep talking. I just I could talk about yeah, so much. It's like so intriguing. Ending. I mean, I, like it might be something that one of us covers at some point. It's yeah. interesting. Future discussion question: If you had to go back in time, who would you talk to? And or and or what? Hitler, so I Famous. could shoot him in the face. That's a very important. That's oh, a yeah, very that's interesting a very, uh... question. If you could go back, would you kill baby Hitler? Yeah. Anyways, I am I rambling, would. and that's not my job. Just to give notes. <laughs> you can. So, uh, anyways, good podcast, ladies. Um, and that's Which all I got. Which story did you like better? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you don't answer that. Fifth. Oh, I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry. You really going to answer this? It's like, well, here's why. <laughs> cool. We got nothing. <laughs> Wait, we didn't check. Jan has something very important to tell you guys. Um, let's re- okay, we can restart this. Jan has re- something very important to, to say. Make sure you guys send in emails so that we can read them at shotofcrime <laughs> at gmail.com. Yeah, tell us if you believe in time travel. Oh, yeah. yes. Write in, uh, write in an email. And tell us which theory you believe is true. Yep. Mm. Last week we talked about reincarnation. This and I'm sure travel. there's probably people well, who strongly think that that's just a conspiracy I'm and they sure. don't believe in it. Yeah. Be interested to know. I believe it. So anyways. But let us know. Bye.